Hey guys, um, my name is Ellen uh, Dolweber. I'm a graphic designer on the marketing team and have been kind of uh, working with Mitch on some activations for the 50th anniversary. So um, thanks to everyone for joining today. This is kind of our um, first attempt to bring a lot of the effort that we've been doing behind the scenes to the firm and uh, to start activating it um, so that you guys can kind of get in on all the stories and history. Um, hear a little bit uh, from some of these folks who have been around for a really long time. So um, we uh, wanted to give you guys a quick sneak peek into some future dates and tentative topics that we've got planned. Um, you'll see a mix of kind of conver conversations over coffee, so uh, morning hours, and then we have a couple of uh, happy hours in the mix as well. So. Um, Keep an eye out, uh, kind of same deal. You'll get a calendar invite a little closer to, um, but just wanted to kind of show you guys what we're thinking, uh, took into account a lot of uh, input from the Slido last week, and we're really excited to um, just kind of elevate some voices in the firm, both from people that have been around for a long time and then some newer folks um, towards the end when we start kind of refracting and looking towards the next 50 years. So. Um, yeah, we'll pass it over to Mitch, but um, yeah, if you're not not a panelist today, just um, mute and turn your video off and just enjoy listening in on this. Thanks, Alan. Uh, yeah, I look forward to the conversation. Um, you know, as I mentioned last Friday, there's there's uh, so many stories that have shaped you know, the firm over the years. Uh, it's really involved thousands of people and their families that we, we used to have a lot of focus on uh, engagement with families that we'd love to get back to. But all that's been a big part of our 50 year history. So today is really important that uh, uh, the objective here is to you know, share some of those stories. So we needed to make sure that I invited people that were over 50 years old uh, in order to uh, share the right kind of stories. Um, so we're just here to celebrate some of those stories and uh, of the past that uh, many of you didn't have the opportunity to participate with, uh, because it's really a big part of what you know creates our culture and and you know they care they capture those common shared experiences, the joy, the challenges that we've had uh, in the firm. You know, it's all part of you know how we what binds us together as uh, lifelong friends and, and as family. So. That's really, as uh, simply put, we're just gonna dive into it today and uh, allow some people to share their own personal perspective of what they've experienced at the firm over the years. So uh, we're gonna start with uh, everybody in this order, Derek, Justin, Charlize, Jonathan, Terry, you know, stating your name, uh, how long you've been at MG2, you know, what is your current role or title, given the fact that there might be some new people here that don't know you that well. And what was the firm like on your first day at MG2 or whatever it was called at that time? Uh, what was that moment, that first day, your first experience? So uh, Derek, you wanna kick it off? It'd be great. Sure, uh, Derek Kent. I've been with the company for 20 years. Um, and I am the cost management um, manager uh, for estimating and everything. <laughs> um, when I started at MG2, we were in the not we were we were in the Northrop building, and so that was before we moved to 112th and 12th, and um, it was a lot smaller company, I would say that in that building, there was about three floors and it was a completely different layout and everyone was a little isolated on their floors. Um, but it was one of the things that I remember the most is the family, uh, the, you know, the togetherness. There was a Friday morning meeting that held we held that in a, a little room and it was almost like you felt claustrophobic a little bit when you stood up and introduced yourself. Uh, there was a table and I think Mitch and Jerry, I remember that when I first got up there, Mitch and Jerry, 
And uh, I think it was a few others, but I just remember Mitch and Jerry, it was, they were kind of like the, the knights of the round table kind of thing. And we were all <laughs> in these little chairs and, um, you know, and, and it was, uh, you know, it was a place that I've called home for a long period of time, but um, it was one of those things is that when you got here, you felt like, you know, you really were part of something that was big and you know you felt like you were working for something that uh was a lot more you know purposed and a lot of um i would say you know quality that um kind of exuded so i really caught into it and really felt pretty good about being here so oh. all right thanks uh thanks for sharing that that view into your first day uh justin you want to kick it off Sure, Justin Hill, um, uh, principal in the CX market, um, market leader, and um, heading up our efforts down here in Southern California for Irvine and Los Angeles. Um, I've been with the firm for 30 and a half years. Um, my t-shirt reflects what the firm was called when I first started. It was Mulvaney Lean Associates. Uh, Jerry Lee uh, hired me. Um, at, it was during a recession uh, in 1990, uh, 90, 90, 90 to 91. Um, I graduated in 90 from school, was looking for a job. There were no jobs to be had. I interviewed, uh, got an informational interview with Jerry in the spring right after school, um, and then checked back in quarterly and eventually wore him down um, so that he hired me in <laughs> December, uh, January, basically, started January 2nd of 91. So um, it's, uh, and when I started, um, there were 18 people in the firm. We were working out of a converted house uh, in, outside of Bellevue, Washington. Um, it was, a, you know, there was a, the main house and then there was sort of a pool house in the back and then the section in between had been filled in and that's where uh, we called it the bus. You know, you, there were eight stations in the bus and you, you just, you know, you, you picked a station and, and they were pretty big back then and everything was done by hand. So we were hand drafting. So it was, uh, if you kind of have an idea of old school architecture, that's probably what we looked like, you know, back then. It was just a lot of uh, large drafting tables, huge layout spaces, um, lead pointers. Uh, we had a slide rule that nobody <laughs> used. We had some slide rules lying around, things like that. So it was, uh, it was a different world back then. Thanks, Justin. Uh, Charlize. Oh, hello, everybody. Charlize Jackson. I've been at from Mulvaney Partnership, Mulvaney G2, MG2 uh, for 21 years. Um, I started, like Derek spoke on, um, over at Northrop. Um, and I, when I interviewed, I have to say this, I walked in and there was a gal in uh, HR and she was the sister of a, a guy that my um, sister dated. And I was like, oh God, how did that end, you know? Because I, you know, that could affect <laughs> if they retire me or not. But my sister's a pretty good gal, so I, I thought it was good. But I had to think about that for a minute. So anyway, <laughs> got hired on, and um, I'm gonna tell you my first thought. Nobody told me that Mitch didn't want us to pop popcorn in the microwave. So <laughs> uh, I popped it in the microwave, and I come over by my team, and I'm walking around. Any, you know, I'm new. Anybody want popcorn? And they're all like. And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, what is wrong with these people? You know, so I wasn't sure <laughs> about the people. And then someone finally told me later that day that um, Mitch didn't like the smell of burnt popcorn, which mine wasn't burnt. But um, anyway, so that was just my first pretty much memory of walking in and wondering what is going on with these people that are running from me. But as time went on, uh, found them all to be good people and uh a lot are are still here and i still consider them family That's well uh see now all the people that have never even been in one of our offices uh yet uh know the rule uh <laughs> about the popcorn so we don't, we don't even have to we don't have to break them in uh all right jonathan uh hi everyone uh i'm jonathan chang and principal of uh, cp market uh, claim programs. Um, uh, currently uh, resides in uh, Shanghai, uh, heading our Shanghai office, uh, mainly focused on Costco 
uh, international uh, projects. Uh, I started the office uh, 1997, September 27. So it's been almost 24 years. Uh, remember the first day uh, got hired, uh, I think I was in a so-called commercial group, not the Costco side. So we are on the another building and talking to another uh, small corner. That's where the commercial group were. So it's just kind of feel like uh, a majority of people are on Costco, but we are not. So we are probably a little bit odd. But uh, I think with the uh, language benefit, uh, since I was from originally from Taiwan, so that's when uh, Costco started uh, focusing on Asia projects. So I end up being pulled into it, uh, helping Costco projects. So that was about 1998. Uh, so since then, I've been on Costco projects. So it's been a long time. So. Yeah. And you uh, worked in Taiwan for us for a couple of years. Yes. Uh, with that uh, opportunity, I was, uh, we had the Taipei office, so I was there for about almost three years. Yeah. And also at that time, that's about 2002, uh, China uh, market started booming. So at that time, kind of recommended to uh, Mitch and Jerry, and uh, we should have a Shanghai office. So that's when I think we uh, start establishing our uh, establishment in Shanghai, uh, China. And then at that time I head back to Seattle, uh, working in Seattle. But uh, all of these years I've been kind of travel back and forth. Uh, so a lot of time I feel I'm part of uh, MG2 or I'm with the Seattle team, but I rarely be in the office. I always on the road uh, traveling, but that's the good part of my career. I got to travel a lot of places, uh, seeing different people and learning uh, different languages. So I think that's the benefits of working on international projects. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <clears throat> Thanks, Jonathan. All Thank right, you. so. Uh... Lastly is Terry. Hi guys, uh, I'm Terry O'Dell. I'm an associate principal. I've uh, been with the company 23 and a half years, something like that. Um, uh, I actually, my first day, I was actually part of the first Irvine office that we started back in 1997. And um, I think I'm still, I'm the only one that's still from that original office, but. Uh, that's right. Irvine right. 1.0. <laughs> yeah, yes, you went, yep, yep. Um, uh, right at the, right at the uh, Irvine Spectrum area there. And um, I was hired by Lucy Rashawn. She was kind of the head of HR way back then. And Mitch and Barb and Jerry and yeah. Lucy and a bunch of other people celeste Celeste was kind of um at that point there and um they all came down and um it was it was a it was a fun office uh, I, I i um you know since then it's just been you know ever since then it was like open with welcome arms and you know open to conversations and became you know really good close friends with a lot of the people and still are and it still feels that way, family-wise. Um, I was, I was kind of, kind of wondering if I might be one of the ones that have bounced around more often and been more in, in more offices than anybody else. Russ is kind of might be leading it too, but yeah, Irvine. Well, have you been in? Yeah, Irvine, Seattle, back to Irvine, Denver, back to Irvine, now in Atlanta. <laughs> now in Atlanta, there you go. So <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Yeah, but those aren't all official offices, Terry. No, <laughs> oh, no, no that's true. Yeah. You're right. So yeah. only two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we had a so. few employees in Denver for a couple of years. Yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, thanks for that. Now that we kind of have the, the landscape set, uh, just to kind of kick off some of the conversation, uh, uh, you know, keep it a little bit lighthearted. So do, do any of you have a, an office nickname, an office nickname? And if so, what is it and who gave it to you? Do any of you have an office nickname? Well, yeah, from Mustafa, yeah. you know, so what is ball it? head, it was oh. ball head, brother D, a uh, few others that probably can't be mentioned. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. Yeah, but mostly DK is, you know, I think mostly everybody calls me DK in the office. They've been there for a while. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Anyone else have have uh, a nickname that you're referred to lovingly by? Russ always calls me T.O., the same thing, T.O. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So you're just sharing this with the whole. All right, so kind of picking up on that then, uh, uh, for me, and I think all of us are probably missing a lot about not being in the office, uh, and even though this virtual platform can work in, in some level or not, um, but it really uh, takes away from our opportunity to connect and and and, uh, and be together in, in different ways. So uh, my my next question, and whoever wants to jump in first, you know, feel free. But uh, what is one uh, in your long tenure at the firm? What is one MG2 celebration, party, or gathering that really stood out for you? For you know, for how it represented our our culture and you know who we are and. Uh, tell the story a little bit and why it stood out. Well, I'm going to start it off because um, Friday morning meetings, uh, those mean a lot. And um, I, I can show you better than I can tell you. So I'm going to share my screen for a minute. Let me try to try to do this. Everybody, one moment. This is great. Okay. There's real evidence, huh? Yeah. Real evidence. <laughs> okay. Can everybody see my screen? Yep. All right. I'm going to play. Laney G2. That firm won last year's coolest office space. It's a winner in a different category this year. Architecture or design firm. Michael King explores this Seattle company that believes every day begins with Yep, she's talking about a mandatory weekly meeting at Mulvaney G2 Architecture. I mean, Friday's good by itself, but then you get all kinds of fun stuff. Eat, drink, and be merry might as well be the company's slogan. I still get up in the morning and, uh, you know, I'm excited about driving across the bridge to get to work. So let's get this straight. Amy loves meetings, and this guy gets excited about driving across the 520 bridge. What's going on here? <laughs> they do actually do more than laugh. Ass out giants. This firm designed the award-winning Redmond City Hall, the Tacoma Convention Center, the under-construction Escala Condos in Seattle, and a semiconductor research park in Shanghai. So they found some sort of magic formula that turns this into this. You can hire somebody to do a job. But you want to make sure that they're someplace where they're actually going to be able to use their best. For its breakfasts, for its buildings, but mostly for its people, Mulvaney G2 is the 2007 Best Architecture and Design Company in Puget Sound. Golden Pencil Eraser. They call themselves a family of 500. And, and me just being an intern and starting out of school, people listen to me and they, you know, encourage me. Russ Hazard joined this team 14 years ago. Now he's one of the owners. We do care about our people. So while buildings are made of concrete, wood, and metal, Mulvaney G2 never forgets buildings are made by people. I just love working here. 
If you'd like to check out some of Mulvaney G2's work firsthand, stop by the award-winning Redmond City Hall. Mulvaney designed that building. It's awesome. Check it out. That's pretty cool. Okay. That's what it's all about. about. Yeah, what do you say, Amy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that always brings chills. I, 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 it, it's a bad recording. It, it, I keep it because it's, it just speaks volumes for what we're all about. So Friday morning meetings. Kind of hard to top that one, but <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Sorry. Thanks for, for sharing that, Charlize. I mean, that's a, a great memory, and and, uh, uh, and Russ looked pretty good back then, I have to say. Yeah. So that's, uh, <laughs> you know, been a while. Who else uh, has a memory they want to share? I'll go. Um, you know, there's a couple. We've had, the last few years, we've had some really good Christmas parties. Um, I like the Christmas parties because, you know, it's one of those things It's a year in celebration of a lot of hard work and a lot of, um, sacrifices as far as just time with family and just everything that goes along with it. And then you get a chance to, you know, I think that is the, um, MG2 way is to work hard and then play hard. Uh, we hired a pretty good band. I forgot the name of the band, but, you know, shout out to Jessica King for putting that together. But we've had some good, you know, parties here recently where, you know, everybody came out, everybody is dressed up and in a festive mood and it's the end of the year. And, um, you know, it just feels, you know, it just feels like that is MG2 is that it's a nice little party. We always have a bunch of celebrations during the year um you know within the office and uh but that end of the year one is pretty awesome and there's another one that i like to share it as well is that years ago when i first started i think it was the first couple years i started um i was approached by someone in hr elisa ray and i think that's who charlie's was talking about and Elisa said, you know, we have United Way uh, Charity Foundation that we, uh, you know, we give back and the whole company, uh, you know, is you know, making contributions and different things like that. And so this year we want to turn that into a basketball game and it would be the employees versus the management. And, um, you know, she said, yeah, you know, I want you to lead the, the employees and, you know, we'll play against the management. And so, you know, Jerry Lee had a gym over in uh, South Seattle. And so it kind of started off with charity and, you know, a, a really good feeling. And then as time got closer to the game, it got like super competitive. And every time I see Jerry Lee walking down the hall, he would say, you know, you guys are going down. You guys are going down, and I was sitting up here thinking, you know, we're just playing a game, right? And then as we move forward to the game, uh, we had our team, and um, it was so funny because, you know, we had Mitch and Jerry, Russ, all those guys, and it was the first game that we played at the gym, and it got so competitive. And, you know, the first few times down the court and the other thing, too, is that which was really funny was that the whole company came out and we all raised a lot of money for United Way. And it was an absolutely great experience. There was hot dogs there. there everybody participated. I think there was a male cheerleading squad one year that uh, <laughs> Clarence. Quan, if you remember Clarence, Clarence came out and he was dancing. Terry, you were on that. <laughs> there was a few people that was on that. But, you know, they brought in, you know, we played the first game and the employees won and it was pretty close. And then every year it got even more competitive. And by the second or third year, there was a former NBA player that played with the Lakers, um, Swin Nader. He's a seven-footer. He played with UCLA and uh, all those championship teams with uh, Bill Walton and all those guys. 
and they brought him in and then they brought some of the Costco guys. Ali was there. Randy White was there. And it just got competitive. And for the longest time, I think it was like for about five years, four years, somewhere around in there, we raised a lot of money. The employees won most of those games. And then there was one year that we had it that Mitch and those guys kicked our ass. And I felt good about that because then the temperature kind of came down because they really <laughs> wanted those games. Yeah. They really wanted those games. But, you know, the whole company uh, came out and, you know, a lot of people that, you know, just basketball players or non-basketball players, we all came out and supported United Way. There was a lot of money that was uh, given to United Way to help the community. And um, it was a really good time. And, you know, after that, there was a bunch of beer and laughs and all that kind of stuff. So that's my other oh, experience yeah. with it, with that. So it's pretty well, fun. Definitely the after party of these things is always as, as good as the, the, that's the, right. the main event. That's so, right. Uh, who, uh, who else wants to lean into that? Well, you know, it's, it's so hard. Like Derek said, it's so hard to pin down one. Um, have, we've had so many uh, Christmas parties, but I was focusing a lot on the summer, um, summer picnics we used to have. And, you know, they were, we would rent out, we rented out Remlinger Farms, we would rent out these, you know, huge places. Um, we have amazing amounts of games for the kids. And that's when, you know, at least I was a lot younger and had young kids. And, uh, and it was a great family time and it was just you know just it really kind of connected the whole firm together and um and just you know made us feel like um you know this was bigger than just work it was something that was beyond work um and we had uh i remember one summer event um that it wasn't family friendly it was a pete's party pit um yeah. out in the <laughs> uh that was a bit of a that was a party uh that was a, a there was a lot of alcohol in that one. And, um, you know, I think that was probably the most over the top summer event we ever had. Um, but the ones that really do stick out in my mind were the, you know, the summer picnics at Remlinger Farms. And you just, you know, there was a, a lot of activity. We had one year where um, we did a, um, the, you know, the um, a reality game show Survivor was big. And so we had our own Survivor. And the, the, uh, the final challenge was at the summer picnic. And, just you know, people were lining the, the the course and cheering people on, and it was just you know just crazy, uh, crazy times, but uh, a lot of fun, just amazing times. Cool, those are yeah, great great memories. Thanks, Justin. So uh, Terry or Jonathan? Yeah, I think I'll say the we always have the passion of giving back uh, to the community. I always uh, remember that every year we have that Susan G. Coleman. Uh, fundraising, and also a couple of days before we have that, all the uh, golf tournaments and all games, and I think that's the that caught my memory was that was the first time I played golf uh, uh, in in those games. <laughs> so, so I think that was fun, and and also for me not being in the office that often. Uh, those uh, activities are pretty much for me to catch up with everyone. For Susan G. Coleman, we also got to meet with uh, Costco uh, people over there and and have fun and chat about it and also do the uh, charity work and for the good cause. So I think that's a good thing that we, we always have those uh, participation. So. Yeah, er, early on we did a lot more, you know, in being inclusive with with our clients and a lot of these things, which is which is cool, uh, just to integrate them into it, <clears throat> um, you know, add add to the sense of community. So I'm going to uh, shift gears a little bit, uh, and you know, we've all had you know long tenure, kind of grown up with the firm, as we say often, and uh, as as uh, I always really focus on is you know, you learn the most from the most difficult situations. Uh, so the joy with having a celebration is one thing, but you actually learn the most when things are difficult. So my, 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 uh, my next question is, what was the most difficult situation or learn lesson you had at the firm? Could have been something, uh, just uh, something you experienced independently or could have been 
something that was happening holistically at the firm or, or, or whatever, was the most difficult situation or learned lesson that you had? I've got a whole list I could talk about, but I'm sure you guys have got a few too. I got one I'm going <laughs> to yeah. uh, talk about. Uh, it was, the lesson was ask the question. If you don't know, ask the question. Okay. Yeah. So I was working for Jerry Lee and Jerry sent me an email and it said, can you gargle? And he, it, I'm just going to say, can you gargle? urinals for me okay <laughs> gargle urinals and i thought <laughs> what is well, that okay <laughs> i was like it, it, for a minute i thought well i could but um, i don't know if i should and so i ignored his email <laughs> and then i later went into his office and he says did you get my email and and this was difficult because I just had started working for him and I wanted to make him happy. <laughs> but um, so and do my job. And he says, did you get my email? And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I got it. And he goes, yeah, Costco is looking at these new ur urinals and I wanted you to Google urinals for me and tell me what you come up with. So he meant, can Google. I Google? The <laughs> so. That just, <laughs> lesson there though was if you don't know or something seems strange, ask the question. So that was my most difficult because I really wanted to succeed at my job and um I didn't know how to approach that one. So ask questions if you don't understand. I've had a bunch, but I would say the first year that I worked uh on, you know, being on Costco, um there was a PM those who remember Craig and he kind of came over, you know, and he asked me earlier in the week to work on something. And, you know, I, I, I didn't have the time to do it. So he was going over for a meeting for Costco and, you know, he said, did you ever get a chance to work on, you know, this? And I said, not really, you know, he said, just give me a quick number, you know, I'm not going to use it. And, you know, I'll just have it in my back pocket. And so I, you know, came up with something, you know, and it was just like, this should be safe. You know, this is a safe number. Well, I guess that was the topic of the meeting. And, you know, <laughs> he went over there and, you know, so I got called in by a few people um, at the time, our boss and uh, Craig and a few others. And I started off with the intention on trying to talk my way out of it and then realized that, you know, I had, you know, I messed up and, you know, I shouldn't have even went that far. I shouldn't have given them anything or, you know, and Costco was on the line. And so I had to, um, you know, backtrack all of that and say, you know, that I was in a rush and, you know, I learned the biggest thing with working with you know a client like that is that you know whatever you give them you're about as good as the last thing that you've touched so you know your credibility and you know even though i didn't sign anything even though i didn't give them you know something that um you know would be a document that they could move forward with but still just a little quick conversation Here's a little dirty number, and then now it turns into I'm getting my ass hammered. I realize <laughs> that um, you know you have to take everything that you give to this client and all of our clients seriously. So you know, and the other thing is, is that you know you don't want to start if you make a mistake. You have to own up to it, and you have to yeah. tell people that you made a mistake. And I think that ends up being fine if you can correct it, but you don't want to start off and you don't want to start talking your way out of these things. Cause most of these guys, you know, they have this almost this demeanor of being an, a lawyer. So you could talk yourself into a whole bunch of trouble by just bullshitting. So, you know, just be straight up and, you know, own up to it. So after that, you know, Craig would come up to me and say, Hey man, I just need, no, I'm not giving you nothing. <laughs> Let me work on it and then I'll give it to you. But I'm not cooking up no number and getting my ass hammered anymore. So I learned yep. that quickly. Personal credibility, it's uh it's it's incredibly important. There's no doubt about it. Uh 
that lesson never goes away. So who's who's next? I just have a long, long, old story. And uh, sorry, I'm getting a little echo. <laughs> um, this is a. It's just a. It's kind of a more of a. You know, no matter how hard you try to get something done, sometimes it still doesn't happen and it doesn't accomplish. But you know, you gave it your best and stuff. And this is a, obviously a story related to Jerry Lee, even to where. Um, I was trying to get plans stamped and signed, and I ended up running all over Seattle and Issaquah and found Jerry Lee at a little uh, theater in Issaquah with his family. Right around Christmas time, it was pouring rain and everything, and I was trying to get these plans stamped and signed to ship overnight, ship to uh, uh, Matthew Gulzer, who was in Ranch in Cucamonga, trying to get permits approved on a Costco project, and um, it was it was drastic, and then I managed to pull up in front of this little theater in downtown Issaquah with my back of my SUV loaded with rolls and rolls of drawings. And Jerry was amazing that he just um, I don't know whether the little theater movie wasn't going through, you know, he wasn't enjoying it too much, so he just jumped right out. They had a folding table outside the place. I brought in these rolls of drawings, and he had his. Uh, I had his stamp and everything, and he just sat there and stamped and signed drawings and got, I think it was like five or six sets of plans. Um, roll, he helped me roll it back into the car, and off I went to SeaTac uh, to try to get FedEx or somebody to, to ship them overnight. And unfortunately, you know, I didn't have a shipping number for FedEx from MG2, so that was where I ended up failing. Um, but, you know, it was like, you know, doing everything you possibly can to try to get something done, and sometimes it just still doesn't happen. But I still felt really good about trying to do it. So, everybody just do your best, and and that was it. I thought that was a really great thing, and I still have the bobblehead um, that uh, I got awarded from Jerry Lee for going beyond the call of duty to try to make it happen. So, that's a great story. Uh, yeah, the, the the trip to the airport for FedEx used to be a weekly event, practically, uh, in the firm. Uh, crazy times. Uh, so uh, who's next, Jonathan? Uh, I got a lot of mistakes, uh, but <laughs> try to find out which one to say it about. One thing uh, what came to my mind was, uh, I think communication uh, is critical, especially working uh, with client like Costco. Uh, I remember one time for one of the Korea projects, uh, because the local architects uh, feel uh, we should be more creative uh, doing all the different uh, uh, on the landscape, especially on the sidewalk, doing some patterns. So, so he kind of uh, introduced different uh, pavement colors and, and put it in something like a chuckerboard type of layout for one of the warehouse. I think that's a Hanum project. So I thought, well, uh, since we we have that opportunity, we just get creative. So we just uh, go ahead and work on that. But without talking to the uh, country manager reporting that we are doing that, and he was not aware of that on the changes or on our design until the uh, few days before the opening day, he walked around and looked at that. And then he was somewhat furious about why it, it's not Costco image at all. So we end up uh, uh, being punished by on the uh, VIP party night, uh, all the design team didn't get to stay with the hotel where Costco executives are. Uh, we were all sent to the that town in the red light district motels. <laughs> and then we have to stay there. And then the next day on the opening day, he came to me and said, do you know what that looked like now? Why I'm uh, why I'm yelling at you on on what what you designed for. So we end up making all the changes on the sidewalk payments after that. So, wow, that is punishment. That's crazy. It is. <laughs> all right. 
Yeah, no, I, uh, for me, um, just, yeah, like Jonathan, le- a lot of lessons learned, um, a lot of scar tissue. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that I've learned and I continue to learn is um, the value of actions versus intent. Um, and the story I like to tell around that is, is um, we used to have uh, somebody who was fairly senior in the in the Costco account, um, and um, he was my peer, um, and so we would you know do some parallel things a lot of times. But he was an asshole, um, and and hmm, you know people would be? yeah people yeah. would talk about how they didn't <laughs> like him, um, but but almost to a person. Everybody who worked for him said, I learned so much from him. I learned, you know, and so, and what I observed from that is, is uh, he was, he was very clear in his communication. He was very clear in his expectations. When he, when he said he was going to do something, he did it. Um, and in that way, he took care of them and they learned so much from him. Uh, and, and that, and, and frankly, I, I, I was jealous because nobody ever called me out saying, oh, I learned so much from Justin. He was great. They never called me out, but they called this guy out all the time, um, even though I thought he was not a nice person. So, you know, to, to me, the lesson learned there is just, you know, really around, um, I think there's going to be a balance. Uh, you can still be a, a nice person, but, you know, really focusing on actions and doing things, um, you know, walking the talk, you know, all of those sayings, but really um, not just leaving it at, at words, but really moving on things and changing things and making decisions and let, letting those decisions, you know, become actions. It's a great story. <clears throat> uh, very true. Very true. I think we all constantly are learning that. So, you know, after, over the uh, long trajectory you know, of, of the firm and uh, we've all been here for a significant period of time and we've gone through some kind of crazy times uh, and whereas sometimes things worked and sometimes they didn't work so well. So my next question is, what was the most ridiculous or unbelievable thing that you experienced at MD2? It could be like in the funny category, it could be stupid, could be shocking, or it could be the most ridiculous or unbelievable thing that Mitch did or whatever. But uh, something that comes to mind, like you think back, it's like, okay, why, why, did, why were we doing that? That doesn't make any sense. I'm sure each of you experienced some of that. Could have been a Friday morning meeting experience. So the one that stands up to me is uh, when we had dance competitions to like win a ticket to a football game or something like that. <clears throat> and the, uh, and uh, uh, people's willingness uh, to uh, make a fool out of themselves in front of 200 people was awesome. It was so, <laughs> fun, so much fun uh, just to go to a football game. I do it all the time, so I can't <laughs> pick one moment. I remember we used to do the rock. You remember that? The, yeah. We used to get the rock, and, you know, I, I wanted one of those rocks so bad, you know, to be recognized. <laughs> it, it, had a, it had the values on each rock, yeah. It had the values and all that stuff, and, you know, and, and, and you know, um, I remember one of the guys that uh, worked there previously, you know, he, he brought something to me late and I ended up, you know, putting something together for him. And he said that, you know, I'm going to nominate you for a rock. I said, finally, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get one. And so then, you know, you know, when they had the, uh, the, the announcements for the rock, you know, the the following whatever Friday morning meeting that was, if that was the following week, I was just almost assuming that I was going to get one. <laughs> <laughs> so the week went by, they didn't announce it. The next week, they didn't announce it. And so I actually went up to him and said, man, I thought you were going to uh, nominate me for The Rock. And he said, oh, I forgot to do it. And I said, never mind. <laughs> you know? Rock. You know, so... That, that's yeah. the one thing I can think of because you know there was a lot of people that had those little rocks in there on their yeah. desk and it, you know and I yeah you, Terry yeah I'm sure there's a few others and I wanted one of those I never got one so that's probably the most ridiculous thing that I was chasing at MG2 was a rock. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. I don't think we're going to bring back the rocks either. So, <laughs> <you know. laughs> right. Right. 
we used to have a very, very active uh, marketing department. Again, not saying our marketing was not active now, but uh, they were they were almost more active internally than they were externally. And so we ended up with so many, so much swag. Um, it was, you know, and we literally had our own store and we had all this stuff. And, and uh, you know, really it was, uh, they believed, you know, they believed in MG2 and the culture. They absolutely did. They just didn't quite understand how to tell the rest of the world about it. So they told us. So we were all, we were our own audience. We were loving it. We were laughing it up and had, again, amazing stuff. But we had like little figurines. We had little toys. We had, you know, nothing to do with anything, of course, but it was just cool, fun stuff. Um, and I think we spent a lot of money on those things. Um, that's <laughs> yeah. probably something you look back and go, that, that was fun, but I'm not sure if it was really necessary. Yeah, I think having a swag uh, closet is is ridiculous. Yeah, that's a good point. Fits, fits right in there. Uh, so anyone else have something to contribute? Brian Dobry, I just saw in the chat, said that Mitch Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think it might have been that. I think it was that same marketing team, uh, Derek. That, uh, I remember those. that. I had a few of those. Your face was on a dollar bill or a bill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was definitely ridiculous. So, any other uh, any other memories of what was unbelievable? All right. So. Uh, the next one is kind of pushing this a little bit forward. And instead of just reflecting on the past, but you've all had, you know, lots of experiences and, and uh, gone through a lot of different cycles uh, with the firm. Uh, what about MG2's past gives you the greatest optimism about our future? What about our past things that you've experienced uh, really give you the greatest optimism? Who wants to go first on that? Well, I, I, for, for me, you know, obviously, um, we've been through many cycles. We've been through many um, ups and downs uh, from external as well as internal. Um, I think one of the things that uh, I've always appreciated about the firm that, that does give me optimism is um, we're not standing still. You know, whether there's external uh, forces acting on us or not, we don't stand still. We're always pushing ourselves forward. We're always driving for the next idea um you know we we, we kind of get drugged along by mitch a lot of times because he's always thinking you know five years down the road and the rest of us are like we're just trying to live through today when we don't care about five years down the road but that that you know that pull and that and that and that cajoling um really does keep us sharp uh it keeps us ahead of the game and so you know i think just that that history um, Jerry was Jerry had a clear vision uh, of what he wanted the firm to do and, and the growth that he wanted it, and yet and also the, you know, the type of firm, the you know, the atmosphere and the culture he wanted us to be. And Mitch has this clear vision of, you know, where he wants us and the growth that he wants us to become and the and the kind of firm that we want to become. And so, um, I do think that that has been you know something that that I that I count on, and it obviously has kept me here for a long time. I'll piggyback on Justin. I think that, you know, you mentioned that we've been through a lot of different cycles. Um, I think this cycle with COVID and just the flexibility of the company with being able to work remote, being, you know, very thankful for that. Um, you know, during a time that was absolutely crazy, most of us are public transit that, you know, catching the bus and train and all of the things that go along with it and having that opportunity to work from home, especially during this time has been crazy. So the optimism going forward is the flexibility, even, you know, taking on the social issues last year with, um, you know, social unrest and, you know, just all of those topics that, you know, presented itself in 2020. And, you know, going forward, I think that the foundation is laid, you know, that Mitch and, um, you know, Russ and Celeste and all the leaders of the company, I think they've really done a good job in being able to be adaptable and, you know, listening to the employees. So going forward, you know, I could definitely see that the company is only going to get stronger and better um, with, 
you know, just how they've handled things, because I think a lot of companies, you know, as Justin mentioned, just kind of stayed still. And a lot of the conversations, you know, in particular with the social things, I'm sure there's not a lot of companies that wanted to take those or even adopt any of those into their culture. And, you know, we're seeing that in real time from MG2. So I think that that's uh, important. And uh, I can definitely see that the company, you know, just with how they want the company to be with the employees and, you know, just the interaction, things like this. I mean, there's not a lot of companies that would do this. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of speaks volumes to what the culture is. And you can see that going forward, it can only get better because there's a lot of people that were hired uh, during COVID and now they're getting opportunity to see and just glimpses of this before we get back into the office, you know, what the company stands for. So I think that's important. I appreciate that. Some some good comments. Uh, anyone else want to contribute to that question? I think it's our uh, company culture, the MG2 family. I think we kind of stick together, support each other, uh, agreed on disagreement, but we get things done. Uh, so I think that with that history should be up to uh, pulled us uh, moving forward. And I have that uh, optimism for for that. I, I think that's what, how uh, get us together and get things done and overcome all the hurdles. I know we sometimes make mistakes and, and uh, disagree with each other, but then we end up talking over and, and and get move things ahead. So I think that's how we can we can look for the the future. And with uh, your planning on on those, actually, uh, before head over to Shanghai, uh, sometime I still just like uh, Justin was saying, we just try to finish whatever uh, things in front of us, uh, but not looking into a uh, few years down the road, but then uh, right now in Shanghai, I've, I'm totally agree with you looking into those future plans and, and those, that's how we can make sure we are heading to the right direction. So I need to really thank uh, Mitch and Russ and Celeste planning out uh, our company future. Uh, I think that really Make sense, give us the, the right di direction going forward. <clears throat> no, thanks for, for thanks for that, Jonathan. Yeah, I think we've, we've got a good foundation. Anyone else want to contribute to that question? Um, I just want to say that uh, I'm optimistic because I, I think about what we've been through uh, starting. Uh, the big hurdle to me, the first one was. Um, getting through the downturn in 2008 we had to lay off people and we had to change our way of working and um getting past that and then like as you know derek was talking about in the pandemic and how we managed to uh stick together and get through that it's like you know we've had our agreements and disagreements it's like a big family we all you know we we go through those things but we talk it through, we figure it out, and um, having those hard conversations, um, even with mm -hmm. talking about the unrest in, uh, you know, with racism and uh, a lot of people, yeah, they ignore it. They don't talk about it. So the firm, I just see us addressing the hard questions and issues. And that tells me that we're, and Mitch and Russ and Celeste, they're open to hear us. So I, I just, people need to, to speak up um, because I know you will listen and um, I know we're going to get through it all because we've already, um, we've already stepped over so many roadblocks. I know we're not yeah. done. Yeah. Definitely not done. Uh -uh. Um, any other comments on that? Mine's just really, mine's just really quick. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, 
point, 23 years. Jerry Lee started, Jerry Lee, I don't know Doug, but Jerry Lee kind of led this. Uh, he's just very passionate about us, about the people that work for him. And you guys actually, the leadership now still does and uh, are, are connected um, mm -hmm. to us and are listened to us. So, you know, as long as you guys do that, you, you, you really care about us like a family um that you know you you guys as leaders um it's not just about you guys it's about us and and I, and it's Absolutely. very obvious it's very obvious about that so you know that you know i it, it's amazing how it feels and um i'm hoping that the you know the the folks that have been here a year and five years can feel that and see that and um you know, that's that's why I still work for you for MG2 is because of that. Yeah. So. I appreciate that and, and all those comments. Um, um, as I think most of you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm not really driven by uh, 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 current success. I'm driven by what we're not doing. Uh, uh, the what's next? You know, what uh, what is it? You know that we we need to. Uh, change, adjust, step into uh, whatever, you know, it's really uh, focused on the what's next. Uh, and so a lot of our conversation has been celebrating um, just the dynamics of the firm over the years. But it's also always important to get feedback as to what need, what should be, what should we be looking at accomplishing next? So my, my next uh, question is what changes or opportunities do you hope are realized in MG2's future? What changes or opportunities do you hope are realized in MG2's future? Um, I would say identify the future leaders and start bringing them up and train them working with uh, the leaders, current leaders. So they will be able to take over when the time is ready. Yeah, definitely lots of exciting opportunity there for sure. Uh, and yeah, that's critically important uh, is to uh, pass the baton elegantly. Hmm. Any other thoughts? What changes or opportunities do you hope are realized? Um, I'm going to say that I hope, you know, the new people and the, the, the people that have been here for a while realize taking the opportunity uh, to use your, you know, your educational budgets to get this training, to better yourselves, um, to be, and I was talking to somebody about this, at, to know at certain times you can be selfish. And what I mean by that is think about how can I improve myself? because. MG2 gives me the opportunity to do so. So think what you can do because, um, you know, use these different uh, programs and things that they offer uh, because when you better yourself, you're, you're bettering the whole firm as a team. So it's a win-win. So I just think people just taking advantage of all the opportunities that MG2 has to offer. Think selfish in that way because it only makes us all better. Yeah, that's a great statement. Appreciate that, Charlize. Um, any other thoughts? I think um, our our focus on um, uh, regional growth. Uh, I'm hoping that you know we've got we we have some experiments that I'm yeah, I'm living right now, obviously um, in regional growth. But uh, you know we've we've planted an office in Minneapolis. We have a presence in New York. We didn't have before. Um, you know, Terry's. Potentially uh, starting up a you know a, a new practice in the southeast. I mean, it just it feels like um, we're we're opening ourselves up to um, to to different uh, ways of doing work. And of course, the pandemic has shown us that we can be more dispersed and still be successful. Um, so for me, I think that you know sort of that view of what does expansion look like, what does a practice, what does a regional and local practice look like. Um, I you know I really want to see good fruit from those. Yeah, I. I agree. That's huge for us is elevating our practice and our, our, uh, you know, really our our growth and success in the in uh, in our multiple locations. 
becoming less Seattle centric would be a, a great uh, accomplishment. <clears throat> uh, anyone else want to contribute to that? Because we're coming yeah, to our just, close of our time. Yeah, Derek. Yeah, just you know, just really looking forward to seeing how the company. I mean, being here for twenty and just seeing how the company ends up evolving. You know, we've in the last year rebranded the company um, with you know different sectors and just seeing how that all takes place as far as just the drive to you know obviously maintain our annuity clients but then just the other uh clients that we're chasing you know we've in cost management have went after amazon this year and we've been trying to get some additional work with those guys and you know we've been working uh home depot uh our guys on the east coast jeremy and babu just really wanting you know to be able to integrate cost management into you know as not as a personal plug but just kind of how we you know do things is just seeing how all of this evolves and how we evolve as a team within um you know client programs as well as just the whole company you know seeing how you know these different projects that you were mentioning um before everybody jumped on in chicago and different places you know just seeing how this all evolves because there's always like an energy that goes along with uh working at mg2 and there's just so many different things that you get to see you know with different groups and just really interested to see how that's going to end up just evolving and the people that's on the call as you know justin or i think it was justin or Shar mentioned, you know, just the one in the five year people that, you know, who ends up stepping up and becoming, you know, the future leaders of the company and, you know, just that whole thing, you know, just really because I think, you know, there's a lot of people that have a really good conscience about just community within and, you know, the family that we kind of have created, you know, just in general, you know, I think there's a lot of people that wholeheartedly and I could think of you know just about 10 15 people that come to mind that are not a leader right now but you know have the ability to be that you know and just seeing how this all evolves um and I'm saying not a leader as far as title but right, are right. leaders in what they're doing and yep. you know so I think the company's in good hands and we're bringing in good people so just more you know just happy to see what that looks like in the next few years and several years going forward well we're, we're all responsible for to set things up for the next 50 years <clears throat> so you know look at it that way so um, that means i will be 104. yeah that's about right yeah you'll still be going yeah. strong we're counting on that yeah oh, i'm yeah. curious what Curious what that beard's gonna look like then. That's uh, oh, it's already uh, gray, so don't worry. <laughs> uh, any other comments before we break? I just I have one real quick. Yeah, um, and it's just kind of thinking about this whole thing. It's kind of related on coming out of the the COVID and the remote uh, working remotely and all that stuff. But I actually see that there's a lot of stuff that's going to be different. Um, you know, having a lot of people not going back to offices, you know, office space, office buildings that are existing that end up downsizing. What do we do with that? How do we help people deal with that change and what's going to happen? And and even the fact that, you know, I think uh, California is trying to get gasless, fuelless by 2030. Yeah, OK, so us us taking this next step with all this stuff and being kind of at the forefront of figuring out and how to be part of that change uh, in, in as being architects. It's yeah. just kind of a little, yeah, it's, it's going to be really different to see what happens with all this stuff that's going on. And it's going to happen really fast. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, changes uh, can be unnerving and exciting all at the same time. Uh, and we'll definitely be stepping into a whole other level of change as we kind of get get back to some some sense of normalcy, whatever that looks like, uh, and continuing to move the practice forward. But I would encourage everyone in the firm that's still listening to do those, you know, be curious about the people you're working with, you know, learn about them, ask them questions, 
uh, learn about, you know, what they stand for, you know, their lives and, and uh, develop those friendships with one another, not just the, the work related relationships, uh, because that's what, that's what binds us together and makes us a stronger firm. So just, just be curious about one another, extend yourself to one another and just enables us to navigate challenging times that much easier. Uh, for sure. Well, I know we're a little over time and people have probably had to bail for other things, but uh, anyway, I appreciate uh, the five of you, you know, sharing your, your personal perspectives uh, and whether it's the challenges or the joy that you felt over the years. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed uh, the conversation and, 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 and happy to have been a participant in many of your stories as well uh, and it's that we've shared together. Uh, so look forward to doing that with everybody in the firm uh, as we move uh, back to to uh, getting back into a place where we're working together in the same office. Um, so thanks everybody for the time. And we will be doing more of these, as Ellen said at the beginning, of different uh, participants, uh, different topics, different focus. Uh, but we'll continue to be asking for feedback as to what you want to hear more about. So excited about that as well. All right, so have a great Friday and uh, thanks for the dialogue. It's been great, really enjoyed it.